If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Foy and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, here we are again, another episode of This Life with Dr. Drew and Bob. Here we are, and we have a special guest today. It's Doug Bobst. He is a behavior change specialist, precision nutrition, certified nutrition coach. He's got several books. The Heart of Recovery is the current book. Uh, I believe From Felony to Fitness to Free is one of the other books, and Faith Family Fitness is another. And you're, you have some... Yeah, is with this that. the thing that you interviewed me for this? Because we don't physically have the book. We just have the details of the yeah. book. Yeah, this is the one I interviewed you for, which, by the way, I need to get one question from you. Okay. It's coming out in March. Nate, Nate, listen, one question. What is it? Um... I don't have it in front let's of me. Do, <laughs> let's do, but but what he does is he goes around and asks all these recovery people these eight questions, huh. right? Uh-huh. And is compile and seeing the comparisons of the different what motivates someone. Interesting, right? Yeah, and it was fascinating to me. And so, who are some of the people else that you interviewed? Uh, I mean, I don't want to do, delve too much into it until <laughs> it comes out, but I've interviewed. <laughs> I've interviewed some some pretty diverse group of people from musicians to celebrities to TV personalities. And I mean, the reason I wanted to showcase just different people and that addiction recovery just doesn't discriminate whether you're worth $10 or $10 million, you still got to do the right things. And that's just really why I wrote the book. And I, the other vision too, is I didn't get sober in AA. I got sober when I was incarcerated through the help of my cellmate and organically, I just, you know, I found fitness. I found changing my friends. I found, you know, moving away and that really helped me. I just wanted to show that there's different paths to recovery than just AA. And while I respect it, I just think there's there's other ways to, to get sober, whatever way works for well, people. But, that, and then we had talked. So how long were we incarcerated for? Two years? No. I, my sentence was five years. I was only incarcerated a little less than 90 days. Oh, okay. That's the modern sentencing, Drew, right. that you love so much. California. <laughs> So, so, so the, but, but, you know, when you he was say, taken out of his life for 90 days, so right. that's like going to rehab. Right. Right. He met a guy that he listened to, which is basic foundation. Attachment. Right. Right. Yep. Trust. Trust. It's new, right. pair of, new pair of glasses. Right. And then, but the, but the, but the thing, Doug, that's amazing about your story is you stay sober after you get out. That's what most people don't do. Whether it's out of rehab or out of jail or out of the predicament they were in, somehow addiction is so powerful, you inevitably will be pulled back into the same old behaviors and the same old things unless you make a conscious decision not to and are vigilant about that decision, right? So what what I see is there's new stories coming out, but they fit the old stories. Yes, yes. That's right. right. That's right. That that, it's, it's at its most fundamental, it's... Brains change other brains. That is and, most fundamental. And did you stay in touch with that guy that was your bunkmate? Or did you find a, new people to hang out with and do the health and fitness? And what did you do coming out of jail? Well, you know, coming out of jail, I cried. I never thought I would cry leaving jail. Like, I didn't want to go because this guy oh. had changed my life. And I just always asked him. I said, man, how can I ever repay you? And he just said, keep paying it forward. And I didn't really know what that meant at that point. And um, he gave me a workout plan that I still have framed in my place today. So I don't forget where I came from. And I got out and him helping me, like really doing that in jail, like I didn't want to let him down. So for a few months, that was really my motivation. And we would write letters to each other. You know, he would still encourage me. And then once I got to a point fitness wise where I'd lost a bunch of weight, it's really when I wanted to get certified as a trainer to help other people. And I stayed in contact with him a little bit. We actually worked out together when he got out, but he went back into jail, was in and out. And, you know, we still stay in touch here and there, but I, you know, I think he's back 
He's okay. back in the sauce. Okay, so right I try there. To stay away. So, so understand. So, you haven't had the twelve-step experience that I have, and Drew has witnessed, right? So, it's the same thing. Doug. Same thing. It's the same thing. He was your sponsor. He was your Eskimo. He didn't make it. Right. 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 A lot of the people that helped me, the guy who I had my first day sober with, Michael—I won't say his last name—is still not sober. Twenty-three years later. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? But he was. If it wasn't for him, I would be dead. That's what really happens in this mysterious thing of addiction and recovery, right? And so you've written a book about the alternative ideas, and I always see them as kind of the same thing. Like you find somebody that you really respect, you hit you hit a spot emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, some Lee <laughs> that you can't accept. I could accept financial ruin didn't bother me i could accept homelessness didn't bother me i could accept uh relationships ending didn't bother me but incarceration bothered me tremendously loss of freedom loss of freedom yeah right absolutely and yeah and also when i went to court the judge had given me you know five years and suspended everything but 90 days to give me the five years probation but he said if i completed everything without messing up i would take the felony conviction off my record Hmm. and I really didn't know the power of that because when I was 20, when I got sentenced, I didn't think I was going to make it to see 25. Hmm. But the more, I, the more I kept going, um, the more I realized, man, I can actually try and do this. I can like do the unthinkable, the unimaginable. Cause I didn't, nobody believed in me. I didn't really believe in myself, but I just know if I didn't believe in myself, I wasn't going to make it. So I just kept faking it. So I made it. And, you know, I just wanted to really, I wanted to really inspire myself so I could inspire other people to help change their lives. And that's kind of what was my, my real big motivation in, in making it this long. So your your story sounds like there was some major childhood trauma. So what happened? So, you know, growing up, my parents got divorced when I was five, and I didn't take it so well. I Nobody does. Yeah, nobody does. Right, and I got, the, I got um, depressed at a young age. I started eating unhealthy. I, w- I love sports, but I was never the kid who could run or jump. So I never, I knew I wasn't going to make it in sports. And, um, I, I started getting made fun of when I was, fine, you know, yeah. a grade okay. school a lot. And, you know, I just turned, I turned to food. And when I was 14, I started smoking pot. And while I, I don't think it's not necessarily a gateway drug for everyone, it certainly was for me. I felt this numbing. I felt like I could be comfortable in my own skin. And then one thing led to the next. And it's still, um, there's still something so real that, to you. Yeah, when but, you describe it, it's revivified. I can see it in your eyes just well, over a bad computer screen. Right. Like <laughs> I can see that you were really that little boy that couldn't jump and couldn't, couldn't compete. Right. But I, but I also see, you know, the need for numbing at 13, 14, there's some more trauma than just a divorce. I don't know if you're comfortable yeah. talking about it, but something else bad happened. Well, I, and I think just being bullied and picked on and told I looked like I had Down syndrome as a kid, you know, it was just, just even though like children are just you know, brutal, Drew. Let's face it. Um, I know. I, I, and I just and I had no luck with women because I was I, I wasn't very I guess I was heavier. So I obviously I wasn't as attractive as I thought I was. So my self-confidence and self-esteem was like was nothing. And but, but again, that's all you know, that's you're still describing the consequences. Drew's going for sexual abuse. I'll just shorthand. Well, for it's you. just, uh, you know, kids that are, that are sort of vulnerable at age five to seven when when there's been a divorce, they, they look for attention and love and these the pedophiles take advantage. That's sort of typical. Yeah, I mean, to, to, to my to my knowledge, I, nothing happened. I mean, I know there was a rumor that something had happened, but there's no proof. Um, you know, but you were a part of it. How happening. is it a rumor if you were a part of it? You dissociated it. You you don't. Well, remember I mean, it? Just somebody had somebody had told me they had witnessed something or they had saw they had heard something happen, but I don't remember it. My mom doesn't remember it. You know, so I I'm just trying. I was I don't really want to say something happened if I don't physically remember it. But I, well, for all intents and purposes, something could have happened. Oh, you but, came but, to the right place, yeah. Douglas. <laughs> You see, those, those those things don't have to have memory attached to it. They just they, they leave, often don't. They typically don't. They leave an effect on your how your brain's organized, and that's why all the acting out and stuff, and and that's why a relational closeness was so powerful for you. That was that was genuine and yeah. not exploited. Right, right, and that's how yeah, people yeah. heal when they've been traumatized like that. Yeah, I mean, my cellmate was the first person that I can really remember. Like he wasn't part of my family that authentically really cared about me and took right. me under his wing and was, right. 
you know, and I, and I, it was like, I never knew, I was like, why'd you pick me? And then, you know, now I know I had a pretty much purpose in, in my despair. And uh, that's why I, I keep doing what I'm doing today. But why'd you pick me is the classic thought of the kid that's being abused. Yeah. Why'd you pick me? And so, you know, that's, that's sort of a classic statement. So when it, when it worked in a, in the other direction, again, it was that same feeling. Why'd you pick me? And the interesting thing is, so then you felt like, pay it forward was be there for him when he got out. I, I imagine that was very disillusioning when he ended up going the wrong way and ended up back in prison. How did that feel? Uh, I mean, it broke my heart because I just... Didn't break your spirit, didn't break your no. belief in what he taught you. Well, no, and I just, I remember I dedicated my first book from Felony to Fitness to Free to him, and I told him that, and he's like, you know, you're my inspiration. He told me I was his inspiration, and I just said, you know, I'm not going to let you down, and, you know... This I is had, better had, than an AA sponsor relationship. Yeah, yeah that's right. I mean, you had the best sponsor for anybody who wasn't in AA in the history of mankind. Yeah. This I mean, guy to be honest, it really taught me the, the, the importance of helping other people with no strings attached. Like, this yeah. guy had nothing to, to gain from helping me, and, except maybe something in his heart. And for me, that's really what's helped me is through recovery is helping people without, like, financial gain and without, like, wanting something in return. And I, I just I thank him for that. Wow. So, and now what are you seeing in the new book in the parallels of all these different recovery and uh, uh, stories? What what did, after you compiled all these interviews, what did you see was so consistent a pattern in people's stories? What was it? Well, I mean, there's different themes. And the reason I, I, I asked the question about what they do for the workout routine, because I believe as a trainer, Working out is the most one of the most underutilized tools in recovery. I think people are sober, but they're not healthy. So I asked them about that. I asked them about their relationships, what types of people they hang out with, because I really think that you know you are the company you keep. Are you surrounding yourself with people that influence you to make better decisions or worse? And then I talk about their spirituality practices. I know Bobby went into spirituality, and mm-hmm. we talked about this stuff. But the, the common theme is these people who are doing it successfully are just doing something that works for them, but they're doing something. So. Fitness might not be the same for everybody. Spirituality might not be the same for everybody. Recovery might not be the same, but they're doing what works for them and making sure that there's the common categories. themes are they're, they're doing something to, to get their body moving. They're hanging out with the right people. They're spiritually believing in something or they believe in the importance of giving back and helping others. Yeah. And, and the reason why you know, I, I just excited, think it's all important. The reason why I was excited to be involved is when you come from a 12 step perspective, the only success or failure you see is 12 step right, perspective. Right, right. What happens to the other three out of five people that don't go to 12 steps? And he's now interviewed some of them. Right. And it's interesting to see that uh, my suspicion is they do the same things that 12 steppers do Absolutely. just in a different environment, a- whether it's therapeutically with a good therapist or right. you found it through fitness. And the other, the, the other thing is, you know, you've done fitness healthy. I can just see you. you. You're doing it healthily. There are so many people getting into fitness doing it unhealthy with steroids and with, oh, with sure. uh, obsessive exercise. And, and I wonder what – you must be around some of those people. What do you say to people that are not healthy yet obsessed with physical fitness? Well, I'll say this, and to your first point about the um, that they're doing the AA without really doing AA, I mean, I think organically for me, I've gone through the 12 steps. I went through the 12 steps probably three years ago just to see what they were, to familiarize myself with them. And I was like, well, I already know I have a problem with drugs. I already know that I, um, I believe in God. I know I can, I have an inventory of all the things I've done wrong. I have no problem talking about it. I've made amends to my family and, and friends that I've hurt. Um, and you know, I, and I, every day, if I need help, I call my, I have mentors in my life that I surround myself with that I can call our sponsors and I know the importance of giving back. So I totally agree with that, Bob. And as far as the second part, you know, I'm around a lot of people that take fitness, like they make it their entire life. I know. And, and I, and and when I first got into recovery, it was a big part of my life, but now it's like, it's part of my life. It's not my life. I mean, I'm also very spiritual and I, I believe in, you know, working, helping other people and you know, having fun. And it's not just working out three, four hours a day at the gym. And because then it becomes a different obsession, right? You're just using vanity and attention and anything else to replace, to get the same endorphin rush. And I'll give you one more. The people I'm referring to are in the 12 step world too, Drew. <laughs> right, of course. They just become obsessed yeah. with their guns and their, 
you know, I saw, I was somewhere yesterday and I saw this guy and I just thought, how, how, what does it take to be 50 years old with arms like that? It must take four hours a day. Takes a lot of drugs. Drugs? Yeah. Oh, yeah, steroids. To get the big arms? Oh, steroids. Oh, absolutely. No, people get them naturally, don't they? I'm as big as you can get without, without steroids. That's it. Well, you'd need to be like five inches shorter, and I'm like, telling you, the steroid use is extremely. There are guys common. five feet five who have arms like yours, and it looks so weird, it, right? Trust me, it's, it's very unusual. So, how rampant there. are steroids in the in the uh, health and fitness world? I mean, I think where I'm at, where, where I'm training a lot of people that are you know forty to fifty, moms, dads. Uh, business executives. It's not really as rampant there, but it is rampant, I'm sure, in the places where there's a lot of like bodybuilding competitions, you know, physique competitions. I'm sure in LA it's it's big. I mean I was at a you know out in Venice and I'm sure you could at the gold gym there, I'm sure it's it's rampant. Um but you know I think just like anything else, you know, people become obsessive over these things and they don't really Beat their, they don't really beat that addictive personality. They just end up using something else, and that can, steroids can certainly be one of those things. Right, and you know, so so what are you doing now? You're at a train station, I heard. Where where are you going? Where are you at? I'm in I'm I'm in New York. There was um there was a film a recovery film festival. There was one in L.A. There's one out in New York where with Leonard Leonard, Leonard Bushell. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Leonard. Drew and I did that here in Santa Monica. We did it. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> uh, so there was like a four, there was a four minute short uh, documentary made about my story, and he wanted to show it at film festival. So I, I made the trip from Baltimore to New York. Cool. And I'm at yeah I'm at Penn Station, like hanging, I tucked away in a TGI Fridays in the back corner. So cool, cool. Well, did you have fun? Where where did they have it downtown? East Village. They East had it at a movie theater. There, it was fun. It was nice. I mean, they they showcased the film a little bit, and then they had me up there for q and A and you know, I got an interesting question. Somebody asked me to, I'm not, I don't get very political. I know uh, we've had some interesting converse, conversations, Bob, but like, they were like, do you think the government needs to do more to combat the opioid epidemic? And I said, listen, because they had already known what I was doing with my book. I said, out of the 50, 60, 70 people I've interviewed for my book, not one person got sober because of the government. What did I say this morning? Right. That's exactly right. That's what you said. And I, and I, I said the, the, key is though to stop the prescribing which they've done oh yeah so that's yeah. finally finally stopping um, oh yeah but it's people people help people and people you know of course that that thing that you're describing has happened to you know now i have heard other people's stories outside of the 12-step world well and it's very similar well, where it gets they all find a mentor where it gets- often it's a grandpa Oh, interesting. Right. Where it gets complicated, though, is the, the, the you know, addiction exists in the context with other very complex psychiatric, psychological Well, everybody's conditions. so sick, though. I, I know. And you so, know what I mean? Right. And so, you know, just dealing with the addiction is no longer the whole story it, with almost anybody. Right. right. But uh, Susan has some Facebook questions, I think, right? Is that what, what you're saying? What are some questions? Well, first, somebody said, Dr. Drew, why I might get into mental health. Thank you, Christian Sanchez. That was very nice. But under that, we bet... Betsy wanted to know if, do you think people who drink should go to jail on the third DWI? Yes, I yeah. do. Yeah. 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 But, and I don't know how, how Doug feels, but what did you go to jail for, Doug? Well, then Christian said, I believe the first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I got, I, I got busted with a half a pound of pot. You had to have a prehistory of something to get five no. years? Five years? Oh, the- they gave me the maximum sentence. Well, the reason they gave me the maximum sentence is because he's like, I'll give you the maximum sentence, but if you complete the probation, I'll strike the conviction off your record. So he took the felony off was my record. Was it drug court? Were you in drug court? No, I was in circuit court. Oh, my God. Wow. That guy knew what he was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Gave you enough rope to hang yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and it wasn't, yeah, it doesn't, and, and it didn't, obviously that's not for everybody, but for me, it really, he's like, if I see you again, you're sharing a cell with Bubba. And I was like, well, I knew my five foot eight, you know, doughy behind wasn't going to last more than two seconds in a cell with Bubba, so I didn't want to go back. <laughs> well, you know, it's strange because now we're living in a time where drugs are legalizing right. and all kinds of things. Like, if you were in Colorado, you'd be a hero having a pound of pot. <laughs> uh, so, so, and we're seeing 
this one thing that I got sober through the judicial system, you did, other people, friends of mine have, it holds you accountable. It gives you enough rope to hang yourself or succeed and and turn your life around. I got and a now big it, fight. And now it doesn't I exist. I got in a big fight with that guy that um, thinks we should be legalizing everything. And uh, I just simply said... You know the guy that says, "Oh, the the rats. If you put them in a playful environment, they don't want drugs." Right? Have you read that? What's his name? Help, help me. A doctor. Yeah. No, he's not a doctor. Oh a yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you're. Uh, Johanna Hari or whatever. Yes, his name like that. I and, have no idea and, who and, that is. And, well, the idea is that our studies are wrong. That rats won't kill themselves with drugs if you make their uh, if you make their playpen really nice. Right. Right. And, and he doesn't understand the that drug addict rats will kill themselves. Right. You have cocaine. to breed the drug addict rats. He doesn't get that. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. What's his name? Johanna? It's like, yeah. He he wrote that book, Chasing the Scream, I think. Uh, Sure. Let me see. But he he really thought that the the real problem is that we stigmatize people and we need to eliminate all laws against drugs and do what Portugal did and stuff, which I don't object to in in its... uh, you know, in its fundamental sense. Well, but, here's, but here's what I, what I, all I said was exactly what you said. I said, you know, having these things illegal helps us bring consequences and we can leverage people into treatment that way. And into, you know, they sort of wake up. Uh, oh my God. That's, oh my God. That's, that's so destructive. It's terrible. Jo, jo, Johan Hari. That's him. Yeah. Johan Hari. Johan Hari. Yeah. So everybody, at least people are talking about this stuff. My take is that that getting 20 years in prison for pot is ridiculous. We have draconian laws. Of course. We need to adjust the laws to a more modern thing. We need to decriminalize some of the drugs. But your actions, you should always be held accountable for. So drunk driving, Mm -hmm. last time I checked, drinking is not illegal. Driving while drunk is illegal. So you should be held accountable for driving while drunk, not for being drunk. Right. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't get. There's an old AA joke where guy says two two people are locked up in a in county jail. They both got pulled over for drunk driving. And one's alcoholic and one's not an alcoholic. And the way you can tell is the non-alcoholic says, oh, my God, I, I knew I had too much. I shouldn't have gotten behind the wheel. Oh, my God, I'm never going to do this again. Right. Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm in jail. Right. The alcoholic says, God damn it, I shouldn't have taken La Cienega. And that's who you're dealing with. And Dr. Johan, or whatever his name is with his rats, didn't have the alcoholic rats in Correct. the cage. Correct. Oh, okay, so we're going to change the subject to okay. health and fitness. Okay. Karen Morgan is convinced you're on steroids, Drew. No, and uh, it's just I the, wish the meat and, diet, the bacon yeah. diet. I know, and and uh, I'd she love says, to do steroids. You know, steroids are common in all places. Needles used secretly, and then and then not and then um, kind of goes on to ask about what we want to know. What we well, she want to know about Suboxone first, but then what are your thoughts on needle exchanges? So there's a whole bunch of stuff there. That well, no steroids. I wish I, I'm afraid to take testosterone, even which I would love to do also. Uh, because I because I have prostate cancer, uh, and uh, in terms of needle exchanges, yeah. But tell everybody how come you look so good because you work out. You're kind of a workaholic, okay? Workoutaholic, and you're also a workaholic. A workaholic, so yeah. You work out to get over the fact that you work too much. To get over the fact that I work, yeah, yes, to help me. It makes you feel yeah. better. Yeah, because you're always better. tired. Yeah, it makes you feel better. But you're dealing with the, this meat thing. You really think you're going to keep it up? I, I, I feel you, so good Let's fill Doug in. Doug, do you know what the diet that Drew's on that's got him in this beautiful physical fitness? His abs this are like age? washboards. He's so, 60 years old. So he, 60 he, years he, Keto? Keto? Keto. Yeah, car- how'd you know? Keto carnivore, sort of. How did he know that? Because it's very I popular. I say bacon diet. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> it's very popular. <laughs> I get fat because he's eating don't bacon you, all day. Don't you die from cholesterol death? My cholesterol's never been better. Come on! My LDLs. I'm I'm on a statin, so my LDLs is is spot where it's supposed to be. Is this a popular diet? Where oh, in yeah. the health and fitness world, Doc? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Keto, keto, paleo, yeah. vegan. I mean, they're, they're I mean, yeah. But you, I, I guess that whatever works for the individual. And you know, I know a lot of people have had success with keto. People who have had success with being vegan. It's just, I would, would just. It's kind of like recovery. You got to do what works for you, and then if it's not working, change it up. But if it's working, keep doing it. That's exactly right. Because, well, I'll tell you why. Because I've I've done certain things. When I got sober, everybody was vegan. 
And so I wanted to be healthy, so I went vegan. I got sick and anemic, and I was whatever. Yeah. Then I, luckily, I had health insurance. I go to this doctor. He goes, he goes, I, you know, you don't have my blood wasn't right, right? And and I, he said, what are you, what are you eating? What are you doing? I said, well, I'm doing a vegan thing. My girlfriend's vegan. And he goes, well. You know, veganism for everybody. That's what he said. Right. That's right. Have you had your blood tested? Me? To s- no, he asked you. me if I had yeah. my blood tested to see if I processed. So he said, where are you getting your protein from? And right. I said, from, what is that, tofu. And he goes, well, you're not yeah. getting it. That's not enough. So, uh, so not every diet is right for every person. Right. Correct. Right? And he gets a colonoscopy every year, so he can just eat all the red meat he wants. Yeah. Uh, Oh, is that the big fear? Colon cancer. Colon cancer. Cancer. cancer, yeah. I mean, that's what they say. How did this diet become so po- the thing of the day, Doug, if you're living on the front lines of it? Why is it so uh, popular? Well, because when you really eat, you know, a lot of protein and a lot of fat and limit your carbs, you know, you burn more fat and your body fat does does reduce. And that's why I, I heard, you know, Drew saying about his, you're talking about Drew's abs and stuff like that. And that's like one of the more popular things is, you know, when you limit your carbohydrate intake. You and know, carbohydrates are just no bread. You don't eat any bread. No bread. Like no, no fruit. No fruit? Yeah. I know. Oh, come on. What? I'd rather be fat like me and have You're not fruit. fat. He's a, he, he looks good on camera. He likes to be in shape and he's, he likes but to don't get you like love fruit? Watermelon? Fruit. Watermelon? And I'll eat it once in a while, but, okay. but I'm not, but I try not to eat any carbohydrates. They get I know. And once you stop eating the carbohydrates, you don't, crave them anymore. you don't miss them and, and yeah, yeah i feel i haven't felt this don't you in miss a long this, time oh, you he was starting to get kind of a, a belly you know and that's not good for heart disease that's not yeah good this, I'm, have... I'm convinced that the, the the main advantage to this keto diet is the fact that it eliminates this organ here at the you know the central obesity we call it the panis and, and the and that is what is an, is an inflammatory organ and it's you know getting rid of that has a significant health benefit I just hope it doesn't so, hurt his heart but okay so uh Somebody on here, Teresa Patton, she's a regular. She's a diabetic and wondered about keto. No. No, no, no. Because diabetics have to have a specific yeah, yeah, diet. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you have to – because you're you're managing your insulin. And, and maybe there's a doctor out there that can give you a modified diabetic diet, but mm. – Can you eat can, – do you eat ice cream? No. But he's introducing vegetables more and like I'm cooking more like, you know, spaghetti squash and – and he eats a little bit of squash and stuff like that. You know, the, That's car- the, the carnivore part. thing went over the uh, top with Sean Baker, who's a guy, is an orthopedic surgeon who does just eats tremendous amounts of meat every day and only meat. And he is this world class athlete now. And then Jordan Peterson, you know, who Jordan Peterson is. Well, I know the guy we had here. You and you and Vinny um, Adams' friend. Vinny, Vinny says no bread. Vinny. And I that see, I like Doug. I like messages that stick in your head. This guy, Vinny, came here and said, bread kills you. And I was like, holy shit. Okay. Now, every time I look at bread, I go, that that could kill me. I think that's a good way to alter, to make people question bread. Just like we made people question cigarettes. Just like we make people question sugar. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And so, so... This is just a reaction to that because if you're not getting, isn't bread in everything? Isn't grain in everything? Yeah, but bread is cheaper than meat. Like if you want to eat all meat, it's very expensive. So a lot of people eat a lot of bread and it makes them overweight and then they get diabetes and they eat, you know, McDonald's or whatever because it's. Hey, I was at McDonald's last night. Don't shoot down McDonald's. I went to McDonald's yesterday. I'm on a diet, but I'm, I'm watching my calories and I, it was a dollar. It was like. A dollar sixty three. I got a hamburger and a diet coke. Like you know, just because yeah, it was they have only a new thing where the, where the drinks are only a dollar. And when he that? said it was a dollar sixty three, I went really. That's it. I felt so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Can't you make it two twelve so I it's, feel it's, better? It's yeah. why I know there's not hunger in this country. You can, you yeah, can for a dollar sixty three for for two fifty. Yeah, you was, could easily get a day. It was four hundred calories. calories for one yeah. double hamburger, regular hamburger with cheese. Is that a lot or less? Well, that's like my allotment for lunch or dinner. You know, I was really hungry because I didn't have, and I was like, oh, I have to get on the freeway. I want to just stop and get something. Let's see what the physical fitness guy, Doug. How much is your calorie intake per day? I, I mean, I honestly don't, unless I'm really like trying to like either like, you know, get leaner for the summer or put on weight for the winter or whatever, however I'm doing it. I don't really track as much. I kind of eat intuitively more now. What's a 
But What's was, a good number for me? What should, what should my number be? Because in my mind, it's twenty five hundred. Is Ooh, that too much? It depends on the makeup too. I mean, how much do you weigh? One hundred eighty. Five ten. I don't know. I mean, I probably I don't know off the top of my head the exact math, but I, I know they say like I think you multiply just a general rule of thumb to multiply your weight times like twelve or fourteen or something like that. That's what I, I mean. That's what I learned through my certification. Just the easy rule of thumb. Okay. Then you get more details so, um, through that. So yeah, twenty five hundred. That's about right. Right. Yeah. But the problem is you got to pay close attention because there's stuff that doesn't look high calorie that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like a Jamba juice, a large Jamba juice is like six hundred and fifty calories. And people don't realize that, right? So, and then what What are some more questions? I like the health and fitness questions. Okay, you like those? Okay. Oh, uh, Drew, your favorite, your biggest fan is on here, Mickey Guzu. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Let's see. Da, 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 da. There was kind of a long addiction question. Uh, oh, what's the best foods for anti-inflammatory diet? Acai. Well, I I would argue that acai and turmeric. Uh, I I think yes, I think those are good things. But I would argue we'll let we'll let uh, Doug answer in a second. But I think the most important thing, as it pertains to this, to the topic of inflammation. And again, we really don't know what we mean when we say that. We think we know what we mean, but my we don't. leg aches. No, what is no, it? no, 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 no. That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about the endothelial lining of your arteries. Oh no, or, I'm or, not talking about that. Have, I'm talking about pain. That's different. So, from an inflammatory standpoint, I think the really significant thing is again this midline fat distribution. That there's just a tremendous correlation with this endothelial function and getting rid of this as much as possible. The, the, the fat of the and middle. so it's not the cholesterol that they had thought for years. Well, so it much. is the story. as much the as story is getting more and more complicated. Okay, that's all. yeah. Doug, okay. go ahead. Go ahead. Let Doug answer. I mean, I, I know, I know, I agree. I think you know, there's a lot more research coming out that with with how important it is to keep your midline, you know, very lean, and, and how like a lot of our problems are causing our gut. Yep. And just making sure that we're keeping that as healthy as possible. And you know, I think you know. It's, it's, there's no general rule of thumb, I don't think, for every single one person. Like, right. Bob, you were talking about cholesterol. Like, you know, if, if Drew's never had issues with his cholesterol. No, I have. I mean, I have. Yes. I've had, I'm on, on a, medicine I'm for on it. a statin. I'm on a statin. Oh, okay. But on this diet, my readings on the statin have never been better. Never been yeah, better. So my HDL is up. So yeah. that's the complication is it's the meat diet with the statins. Somehow, well, there are people it's trying, working good. There, there are, if you read all the literature, that, that we interviewed a guy on Swole Patrol. What was that guy's name, Susan? The the, the um, engineer that was working on the cholesterol. Oh, yeah. I, I can't remember yeah, his name, but I know he, you're He's about. got a whole Twitter feed going on this and trying to convince me to get off the statin. He thinks I'll get even better off the statin. Uh, yeah, but I don't want you to die. I'm not well, ready to you do don't really want to The doctor die. can let you do that. Yeah. So... <laughs> so what about the pain inflammatory? Oh, Dave though? Feldman. Am, wait, let's Dave talk Feldman. about the inflation, inflammation. So well, that's it's not that my leg is inflamed. It's well, not that my joints, nerve is like there. Right? Your, I have pain, your, tremendous pain right there. Yeah, our soft tissue and, and our joints don't function the same way as we age. Turmeric doesn't make that go down? Yeah, that's better. Yeah. That's good. But Doug, go ahead. You answer it. I'm glad I'm not wasting hundreds of dollars on turmeric. <laughs> well, I mean, and I think you would just kind of listen to your body. If certain foods, like, I mean, one of the things they were saying for years is like sugar is the thing that causes inflammation and or you know dairy i mean and i'm not saying that it, it, i mean but you just got to pay attention if you start feeling achy from eating like a big bowl of ice cream you might be like well you know maybe i should stay away from the sugar and the dairy and and i think a lot of the inflammation can be you know aided with with, with working out you know what i mean because right i was obviously gonna say do you, do you work out bob no, I got two small kids. I, I know, go 100 I miles it. an hour every day. You. I feel you. But I, here's, here's... I have three podcasts. I feel your pain. Yeah, no, I go, go, <laughs> go. We were at Disneyland this week. We were, oh, at, we're going to... We were at Laguna. Now we're going back. Um, you're active, but you're not yeah, building muscle. And it doesn't your... stop from 6.15 a.m. until 9 o'clock Right, but you need night. to build muscle around your joints so that they don't... Get Carrying a 40-pound baby around helps you. Yeah, prob- yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. But I am watching my, my center because I notice if you... If you just, you know, I try to shorthand. I think Doug and I talked about this. I have a friend who's like the the nutritionist. The, you've met him, Khalil, right? I said, just make oh, yeah. it Khalil simple. Or Khalil, Khalil or Fadi. Yeah. I said, just make it simple for me. He said, don't eat processed food. Yeah, that's good. Right? Yeah. That's a pretty good rule. If everyone lived like that, they wouldn't look like pod people. <laughs> 
They wouldn't. Yeah. Aren't we changing the human species with grain and, co- and carbohydrates? Aren't we changing the stature of the human species? And I'll give you the example. Watch the movie Kayana Scotsy. You love New York City, Drew. Mm-hmm. Remember Kayana Scotsy? It was this documentary with just music, Philip Glass music, and showed human beings going in different directions all over the planet. I did not, but in it's 1980. Great movie. Interesting. It shows Grand Central Station in 1980. Mm-hmm. You don't recognize the humankind in 1980. Right, Everybody so is normal sized. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what happened between 1980 and 2000 you know when the obesity you know epidemic? Well, there's several things. Corn syrup. Corn syrup. Got invo- involved with everything. Am I wrong, right or wrong about that, Doug? Doug, oh, corn you're 100% syrup? Right. Corn, yeah, syrup. corn syrup. Corn syrup. In, in, well, why in, can't we outlaw corn syrup then? Uh, hold on, there's more. Okay. Um, the movement from tallow to the non the the uh, the vegetable fats which are carcinogenic mm-hmm. uh, and the government mandated that what is that so grains no so when we fry your your french fries at mcdonald's they yeah. don't use meat uh, oil anymore they use vegetable oil which is dangerous but they do it <laughs> because the government requires it uh, and and the other correlated thing we but don't... I thought that was a cholesterol thing I remember that that was McDonald's french fries yep. they said somehow it's causing uh, uh, cholesterol correct but the wrong. meat the wrong. meat wrong. grease wrong and and the other thing well then they were wrong change it back the other thing is um, too late mom's uh, no longer in the home mom's working that it's also co- so, so we're eating more fast so food so kids snack and eat fast food right, right so those are the three things I know of Doug do you know of other things no, I mean, I, I mean, I would just, you know, the vegetable oils, the peanut oils, the yeah. deep frying, and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And, um, and you know, the, the government controls so much of the food industry, and it's just kind of like there's corn in everything. Yep. Like I don't remember the exact percentage of it, but I mean, there's a lot more um, corn and stuff than we think, and yep. the corn industry is just Huge. is insane. And I, and I think kids are less active now yep. too. I think That's that right. they're they're on their phones, they're on their iPads, they're on their computers, and they're not like outside playing and. You know, like one of my clients was telling me the other day, one of his friends like locks his kid, their kids outside from nine to five. And they're like, you know, on the weekends, like you're outside, go outside and play and come in at five. And, you know, I think we need to get back to doing some of that stuff. Corn fed beef. Drink water out of the hose like a man. Right. So I got a, I got a cheat sheet for those at home. Okay. All you do is (laughs) my whole house. Sometimes you can walk in and there's four people on technology. Yeah. Right. Uh You can, as the adults in the house, say, hey, we're going to go. No, but that's too hard. Okay. You just disconnect the Wi-Fi. <laughs> you disconnect the power oh, of the down. Wi-Fi. Wait, the let me get this Oh, my right. God, what yeah. happened? Let me get this right. What happened? It's, don't take the screens away. Do the attic thing. That's a lie. No, because if, I don't know when's the last time you dealt with an eight-year-old. When yeah. you're taking technology no, away from deal. an eight-year-old, yeah. the oh, first yeah. thing he wants to know is when he gets it back. Yeah. 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 And then it's just a negotiation. It's like that's Power's worse junkie so than just go take the power out of the the yeah, modem smart. and go. Oh my God, what's going on? Force, what's force going on? Go then two hours later, plug it back in. I go, oh, they fixed it. I like that. I like that. I'll do it. <laughs> so when we were talking about fats, well, this was a question earlier. Carolyn said, um, top fan, Carolyn. She said, coconut oil is the old CBD, magic potion. Yeah, but people have vilified coconut oil. I, I use a little bit of coconut oil. What, what do you say, Doug? I love coconut oil. I think it's great. I mean, Good. they they they, they kind of vilified it because it's saturated fat, but you know, really, it's you know, it's really it's, it's some of the MCTs in it are super super healthy. Yep, it's a great it's a great oil. You cook with it. Cook with it. You, I mix it in with peanut butter sometimes with almond butter rather, and eat it as a snack. It, it's it's a, it's it's a good for my diet. The thing I'm on, it's a good way to go. Doesn't that sound yummy? Oh it is God, yummy. it sounds so gross. It's yummy. Well, I like peanut butter. So. What about? I got I got a question for you guys. What about the cotton candy ice cream from Rite Aid? Is that good for you? Because I go through a tub of that in like three days. <laughs> I love that stuff. That's why your hair's red. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Pink. Um, so it might make want... your knees hurt more. Yeah, yeah it does right. make my knees hurt. Right. Someone says uh, wants to know if apple cider vinegar helps lose weight. Yeah. It's in all the hippie drinks now. Yeah, I don't why know. is it so popular? It's, it's a good anti-inflammatory. It's, it it's, tastes horrible. Yeah, I, I have been through many waves, several waves of uh, enthusiasm for it. it. It's not as though it's life changing, even though they'll make those claims. Doug, you go ahead. I mean, yeah, I, I've heard it's the anti-inflammatory thing. I heard it's good for your gut when you wake up in the morning to drink on an empty stomach. Really? Um, yeah, but it's, I've seen it. But I mean, I, I mean, I use it as like a salad dressing sometimes, yeah. you know, with stuff. But I don't really use it for the, 
the gut health. But those things that are like, uh, what is the comma? What's the drink you can get at every store that tastes awful? Kombucha. Kombucha. What's that? What in the hell is that? A marketing scheme. Wait, Doug, what is kombucha? What's in that? It tastes awful. <laughs> um, it's just for digestion and it's like um, rotted milk or something. Isn't it's, there? It's like, back, it's like it's like bacteria and isn't um, there apple cider in it? It tastes awful. It's like microbiomes and um, <laughs> may or may I don't, I mean, I don't, I, we have no they idea. Have There's a, a little bit of alcohol section. in it too. Yeah. There's oh, alcohol in that's it? That's probably why they sell so Very much. popular in the 12-step world. I have a funny story about vinegar. I was cleaning the coffee pot one day and I had the water sitting in the in the coffee maker. And I guess the morning Teresa poured it in the thing. And I went, I went to get my coffee. Had and I vinegar took a big, in it? Well, the water was all full of vinegar and I my coffee and it was like tastes like kombucha <laughs> i just spit it out and i thought it was the milk and then i realized it was because i just drank a big mouthful of vinegar so not my favorite thing no that's have. healthy for you susan that's yeah. what it is. i that's didn't know and in eagle rock they charge eight dollars for that <laughs> anyways here's a good one um he's moving i have osteoarthritis with lumbar lumbar stenosis yeah. arthritis in knee and foot yeah so my question is what foods would be best to eat to keep joint inflammation down i mean you're you're you have a disorder right you have three you have three at least two different disorders there so you're the osteoarthritis is the erosion of the surface of the joints. That is something that happens to most people. It has some what of a genetic component to it, some of a use component to it. Uh, diet, I mean, other than turmeric, things like that, it's not a big diet thing. And you have lumbar stenosis, which is a wholly other phenomena that is also genetically based. Um, and there's, I know of no diet that can help that. I mean, CBD oils may be useful for these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, CBD. So I, they say. Yeah. So you might. Turmeric. Yeah. Turmeric, CBD. Uh, these are things, you know, anti-inflammatories, obviously, but, but use that under a doctor's sort of care. All of these things, really. CBD oils come in big time. It's the new Bitcoin. It is Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. it is the new Bitcoin. There's gold in there. Yeah. So Karen, the one who thought you were on steroids, she asked, <laughs> she, she also apologized. She thinks <laughs> Dr. Drew, do you think maybe depression and addiction and inflammation are all intertwined? They are intertwined, for sure. Uh, it's really interesting. Uh, I'm going to do a partially examined life uh, podcast on the philosophy of suicide tomorrow. I don't know when it's going to air. But uh, I've been thinking a lot about depression and other things. And I was talking to a friend of mine. I'm not going to name him. But he said, he's this guy, and he goes, you know, I woke up in the middle of the night last night. I have no mood problems. I'm suddenly with suicidal. Oh, and it turned out on. turned out he had an endocrine disturbance, oh, and it was brain, affecting blood, yeah it was blood. a brain thing, and it was yeah. affecting it was creating these suicidal thinking. Even though he was like, "Where is that coming from? I don't don't want to kill myself. I don't feel depressed." But the point is, there there are lots of um, inflammatory slash endocrine slash neurobiological processes can affect mood and how we regulate emotion. But don't you think, like both you and I, it was your birthday a couple of months ago. And every time it's your birthday, I think, oh, mine's coming. <laughs> like, like we Mine got too. way more years behind us than we got in front of us. Yeah. Right? Thank, thank you for and, that. But that's, but that's the beauty of it. There's a, like, there's a thing. I want to make it to 80. I know you want to make it beyond 80. I no, don't want to make it. 80 good. 80's good. Um, <laughs> I think everybody consciously is not prepared to talk about that, face that, look at that. So when you start to have pain yeah. and depression. Yeah. You know, it's at an age, usually 50s. How yeah. old was the guy who woke up in the middle of the night saying he wanted yeah, to Yeah, but he himself? has... Multiple, I know, but yeah. he has brain 50s, things. With, yeah. yeah. There's something about it that we don't talk enough about life and aging 100%. and death. We just I, don't talk about I'm it. I'm bothered by it because I deal with it all the time. All the time with the patients I deal with. And uh, it's all hidden. It's all hidden. I don't expect you and, to and, worry and, about and, it, Doug. It's just me and Drew and, and no one talking right for now. It. People like, like an 85-year-old will sh- come in with a new tumor or cancer or something. I don't understand it. I never had this before. It's like, yeah, I know. You're 85 and, and now you have it. Yeah. You know, you have myeloma. It's like, what, what, what do you mean you've never had it before? They're shocked when they get a new problem 
at you know eighty five ninety. Well, I, it's, I people talk are about unprepared it a lot. I this. talk about I want to have a quality of life for at least twenty years, especially yeah. when you have young kids and sure. you're as old as me. I want a quality of life. I'm gonna do everything I can to have a quality of life. But if I if I make it to eighty, which means Elvis will be thirty one, that's a good time to go. Your dad you're thirty one. You know what I mean? He'll be like, yeah. you really. I do consciously think but you, about but that. You might, Sid will be twenty five, but she's I will got. Tell you, I'll tell you what happens. You start thinking about grandkids. Oh yeah, they're gonna. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, Don't do that. Sorry. Oh Sorry. God, no. Forget about that. Sorry. <laughs> I'll have grandkids. I'll have grandkids born when I'm seventy five. <laughs> so, so Doug, do you have to catch a train? Does he have Are to catch good? a train? Are you heading not to Baltimore? Not, 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 I'm good. I'm good. You got a little time. Bottle, I don't want to. I don't want to hold you. I got, I got. I got. Yeah. Don't you? Don't you wish? Time. Like in in living in California. I don't know if you've ever lived here before. There's nothing like you can just be in New York City and t- t- hour and forty minutes be in Baltimore, or oh, DC, yeah. right. and in an hour and ten you can be in Philadelphia. Yeah. There's nothing it takes us like an hour that. To get to City. Takes, yeah, an hour to get to Culver City. Twelve miles away. Right? Yeah. And yeah, I think ju- every, don't get juice started, okay? Every time I see something <laughs> like that, I think, God, he's he's really going from one, the the greatest city in the world, in my opinion, to one of the greatest metropolitan areas of Baltimore, D.C. area. I love Baltimore. I know there's a lot of bad talk about Baltimore. What part of Baltimore do you live in, Doug? I think we talked about it. I'm in I'm in Liverpool, so I'm like 20 minutes north of Baltimore, the city. Out by so the I'm airport? Not, Is that out by the, the airport? No, more towards like I don't know. I mean, like horse country kind of horse country. Where I live. Yeah. A lot oh yeah, of, like, oh, nice. yeah. You literally. Like, well, good. You're not in the slums. No, but no, but <laughs> no, no, I'm not Baltimore's got some great areas. Come on, of it's course. got some great areas. My brother well, yeah, used to like, live up there. So good. Yeah, he worked there. All right. Well, we listen. To- I have a question though. Um, for you. Oh shit! I had a question for oh. you. But I oh my goodness! <laughs> I'm sorry. So I think we got to kind of wrap things up here. Yeah, yeah. I know. We've had kind of a long day, but it was a really successful day. I want to know. Oh, I know what it was. Um, so you, I guess I'm assuming Doug was a guest on Don't Die podcast. No, no, I just did the interview for the book. Oh, you were. Yeah, I we got to finish. I got to get. I got to get one question I from don't you. Hate um, that. Whenever you, come up. <laughs> you are a persistent mf'er. I'll tell you that. See, I'm. I'm. I was unaware of this. I just got your ref, your uh, referral from Amy Dreschner, whose show is coming up very soon. Right next week, or I, well, maybe the week after. Um, is Amy how you and I got hooked up, Doug? Or how did we get hooked up? How'd you get my phone number? I just saw. You gave it to me on Instagram. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I give away. I didn't even know you. <laughs> like, whatever. I had no idea you had Instagram, Bob. <laughs> no, but but here's a funny thing. At the end of Bob and the Monster, if you watch all the way to the end, it says Bob's cell phone number is wow. call this number if you wow. want to talk, and hundreds of people have called me. Wow! Because you but you got to watch it past all the credits. That's how you know they watch the whole they thing. Watch, oh. They probably nodded out. <laughs> then, <laughs> then woke up at the end. <laughs> No wonder I never got a hold of you. <laughs> You're busy talking to film fans. Yeah. All right. No. So call me back, text me, and I'll I'll finish up the interview. But but it was interesting. I knew what he was doing the moment he started telling me about it. Like, and cool. I don't want to see everything from my perspective. But it is so parallel. There's always yeah. there's always a bottom. There's always yeah. a mentor involved. Yep. There's always yep. a willingness to change. Always a moment. A desperation of change. to change. A desperation. Yeah. And. But, uh, but, but but the more the, one of the other important things I was trying to showcase is once you get sober, you got to replace your life with healthy things. You right. know, just you know, and Bob, I know you don't right. physically exercise, so to speak, but you said you walk around with the beach with your kids. You're active. All you're not the sitting time. at home, you know, eat, yeah. eating that writing right ate ice cream all the time. You know, so. <laughs> no. But but it is you know there there's preparation <laughs> there's, there's contemplating change, preparation of change, change, but maintenance maintenance of change is something that people don't appreciate. People think you're going to convince somebody to change. Yeah. That's just going to change. That, that's the thing. But you, the maintenance of change is the hardest part. This is how we always tell people are trying to stay sober. Yeah, anybody can stop doing drugs, but staying stopped, good luck. That's very hard. And mine was, oh, yeah. and, and I talk about it a lot, is that I became obsessed with 
sobriety and the stuff, Doug, that you're talking about. How, what makes people change? What, yeah, what is too. sobriety? What is recovery? How did they come up with rehab? Yeah. What is rehab? Who invented it? I became, like I have my OCD, I became obsessed with that, yeah. the way I had been obsessed with music. And yeah. it's really carried me a long ways to even today. Like, I want to know... What are, what are the parallels that he's found in these 30 people he's interviewed? I can't wait to read the book. Yeah. That's The Heart of Recovery, right? Yeah. That's the book, that book. When's it come out, Doug? Yeah, I'll say in March. But I should have like a uh, – my copy editor is going through a lot of it now. So I should have a, a, a final book sometime in, you know, December. I'll send it to you guys. Please. Okay, I, I cool. love it. Thank you. All right. All right, man. The book again? Till the, next time. The Heart of Recovery. The Heart of Recovery. All right, everybody. Thanks, Doug. All right. Have a safe trip. See you, man. Thank you. Happy trails, everybody. And we'll see you right next time. One of the most crucial components of addiction recovery is accountability. Part of what makes addiction so difficult is the inability to self-regulate. Now, this is especially problematic for those in outpatient recovery or pain management program. And while the facilities require regular urine tests to ensure compliance, frequently the actual tests are not even observed. This led to an epidemic of falsified samples where patients either use someone else's urine or widely available synthetic urine. The result is a lot of addicts carry right on using undetected and they get none of the benefits from treatment. The only objective test we have for addiction is the urine screen. Now, recently, I learned about a new solution that virtually eliminates the possibility of faking tests, even in facilities where they are unobserved. This is called ToxProtect a DNA-verified drug test and lab service that provides 100% sample authenticity. ToxProtect was created by Genitox Labs, can be used in place of any standard urine drug test. It starts with simple one-time cheek swab to establish the patient's identity. Once submitted, each subsequent screening uses DNA testing to verify that that sample matches the patient. Additionally, ToxProtect screens for synthetic urine and irregular values that would indicate dilution or other adulteration. In other words, this pretty much guarantees accountability. I'm excited to see this service being used, and I think it will significantly improve an addict's chances for successful recovery. I'm going to be talking more about Genitox Labs and ToxProtect on future shows. Thankfully, ToxProtect is being used by more and more facilities every day. Be sure to ask for it by name wherever you or your loved one is receiving care. To get more information or share it with your facilities, go to drdrew.com slash ToxProtect. That is drdrew.com slash ToxProtect. All right, that's about it for this episode of This Life. Check us out at KBC, being uh, Lawrence Vaughn, 790 Midday Live Talk Radio, Monday to Friday. You can also tune in every day live via the magic of the internet at kbc.com. If you miss it, we've made it simple for you to find all the shows at drdrew.com, the Adam and Dr. Drew podcast, the Zinc One I Do By Myself, the Dr. Drew podcast, This Life, of course, with Bob Swole Patrol, Mike Cathaway, his new health and fitness podcast. You can uh, find us on Twitter at This Life Podcast, at Dr. Drew, Dairy W, at Rehab Bob Forrest, and of course, our lovely producer at First Lady of Love. I think I know who that is. If you love this show, please subscribe and tell a friend. We appreciate it when you do. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. Send us a message. Join the email list at drdrew.com, drdrew.com slash contact. We'll also get a weekly uh, email from us on that. Uh, while you're at it, at doctor.com, please support our sponsors by clicking through the banners. We only advertise products that I can get behind. So thank you for supporting them, those that support us. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.